This is Bobby Shanks, author of the newly released book, Undateable, that is now available in Amazon as well as other online retailers. Get your copy today. I'm also joined by our show's producer, In Brown. Say what's up, man. What's up, everyone? We're going to have an awesome show. All right, let's just get down to business here. We are joined today by a super exciting a really fun and enthusiastic uh, lady straight out of Seattle, Washington. Her name is Cora Boyd, and she is a dating and relationship expert. And Cora, I have been watching your stuff on YouTube and your uh, pillow talk uh, on Spotify, your podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you are amazing. So, Thank you. Thank you. Tell us, here's something I'm kind of excited about. Um, you started as a dating and relationship expert for over two years, specifically working with men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell us about it. Yeah. So prior to that, uh, prior to starting my business, I was a um, matchmaker for two years. So I worked for a uh, matchmaking company and um, basically got all of this insight into the backstage. It was like kind of like a backstage pass into the love lives of people all over the country um, and just interviewing tons and tons of people and getting a lot of insight into um, themes and uh, needs. And I, I noticed that um, in working with um, in, in speaking with a lot of men that I was speaking to, um, I noticed that there was a desire and a need, even if not always um, directly spoken, <laughs> to have spaces for um, for education around how to navigate uh, the realms of women and the realms of, of connecting with women and, and matters of the heart um, and all of that good juicy stuff. So uh, when I started my business after um, transitioning from matchmaking to coaching, uh, which I did really in uh, kind of a teach a man to fish philosophy, where I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just Bravo. really seeing, thank you. <laughs> I was really seeing how um, a lot of uh, the mindset that, that uh, clients or people that I was interacting with were bringing to um, matchmaking wasn't really, uh, it, it wasn't really conducive or translating to the kind of connection that they were wanting in their love lives. And um, I was just seeing how um, it wouldn't matter. It, it didn't really matter so much if I, uh, you know, introduced someone to the quote unquote perfect person, <laughs> if they were going to show up and um, do the same thing over and over again, that was kind of getting them the same result or the lack of result that was frustrating them in the first place. So I transitioned to coaching um, to empower people with long-term skills where they could feel really confident in their ability to create opportunities for themselves and really like shift into a different way of being that and, and, and step into more personal agency and um, clear up old patterns and just engage with the, the, the whole part of life in a totally different uh, empowered and fun way. And I, um, I chose to work with men specifically because I was seeing that need. And I was also seeing um, how so much of the uh, resources or the dating content available for men 
um, what it was a lot of men telling other men <laughs> how to connect with women. Um, yep. So, so I saw the need and I saw the gap there. Um, and in my work with men, I now work with both women and men. And actually through my work with men, working really closely with men and deepening my own understanding of, of men and connecting with men myself as a woman, um, I opened up, you know, I realized actually how much women also misunderstand men and how much support women actually need in that too. And how much, um, so much of that conversation is also women telling women. Um, so, it, you know, and there, there's, there's a place for many voices in this conversation. I don't think uh, that that disqualifies anyone from being a part of the conversation. But what I really saw is that there there is a necessity for spaces where we can have these kinds of um, honest conversations in a way that's that's alive. So I know with with my um, male clients, like this is happening under the surface, but part of the confidence they're building, part of the aliveness of the teaching and the learning that we're doing together is them interacting with me and them being vulnerable with me um, and learning to connect with me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, it's, it's very juicy territory. Let me ask a question. Um, the number one thing that happens to me uh, behind the curtain when people reach out to me, phone, text, direct message, because of what I do here where I'm doing it, is a, not a specific um, topic, topic, but a theme, is they will ask me, well, what do I do in this scenario? And it usually has something to do around, um, and, and men and women alike, I might add, and it usually has something to do with um, something early in the relationship to, to include even the initiation mm -hmm. uh, or something early on. So that's what happens to me. What I would like to hear from you is, because uh, people will be on the edge of their seat wanting to know this, um, in your opinion, right, just shooting from the hip here, what is the number one thing, right, either action or a specific topic that you seem to be reached out to about the most or that you find yourself talking to the most um, mm -hmm. with your uh, clients? Wow, such a good question. I um, I also receive a lot of messages like that of like, what should I text them? What should I like? Right. What should I say? Oh, I got her number. Like, what should I say? Or like, oh no, very initial. I, I I got to I got to the island. Now what do I do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that that's a huge theme that I see. Um, and uh, really, I think what we're talking about here and what we're seeing here is that um so often the mindset people are in in these early stages it's like they're trying to get it right they're they're trying they they think that there's a oh yeah this is this is the theme that i see people think that there's a uh standard protocol and there's like a way to get it right and they're often uh, making decisions not from a place, not not from the empowered place of like, actually, what what do I want? <laughs> what do I want to experience? Like, what uh, what kind of date would I want to go on? Um, and and what kind of connection do I want to create? And they're they're reaching kind of outside of themselves for like, how do I get this right? Yeah. Um, so that's a huge theme that I see, and really what I do, and, and why I say that what what I do really it's personal empowerment through 
uh, dating and relationships and, and through um, not so much learning scripts and not so much like adhering to rules or standard protocol, but like understanding dynamics really yeah. deeply and also uh, connecting with yourself and like really getting clear on, on what it is that you want. Because um, I think what I see, uh, how I see people perceiving the whole space is that like, um, there's something that they have to get right, or there's some sort of script they have to follow when like, really love it. Like we fall in love when we feel alive, we fall in love when we feel like there's something like, happening between us and another person that is uniquely our own. Um, yeah. And there are dynamics within that. There are things to understand about like, you know, at, at what pace do you invest in a relationship? Like, how do you develop a relationship? Yeah. But the thing is, it's all relative to certain, the way that I teach it um, with my clients, it's almost like a language. It's, I, I teach them to understand what variables to pay attention to um, mm -hmm. and, and what variables get to inform their decisions. So it's not like, what do I, how do I get this person to blah, blah, blah? Or like, how do I, um, what do I say? What do I text this person? It's, it's, what are you excited to talk about with someone? Like what yeah. kind of, what tone are you setting? Cause you're setting so, the tone from the beginning. I listened to this really cool podcast yesterday and the host of that podcast said something that I'd never heard before and I wrote it down and here's what she said. Reality is negotiable. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it was you. And I am telling, I don't know if, if you've heard that or made it up or if you've coined that phrase, but out of that whole thing and, and every that I listened to yesterday and what you just said, I, I agree with you. Like mm -hmm. I just want to take people and like, I just, I, I just want to put my hands on their face and I just want to pull them in really close. And I just want to say reality is negotiable. And that's, that's basically what you just said. Yeah. Um, yes. and that was yesterday and I I did, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm actually working on another book and I thought, oh, that's going to slide in there somewhere. Uh -huh. So if I write a book and it says reality is negotiable, you can circle that and put your name on it because that, that is absolute genius. So Thank I have you. another topic. Um, you have a couple publications and, um, and, and I think people, if they go to your website, uh, what is your website real quick? Let's put that out. There. It is coraboydcoaching.com. Perfect. So if somebody goes to Cora Boyd coaching and they write, sign up, give you name and email and stuff like that, it kind of puts them um, where they can get access to a couple manuscripts that you've written, one of which is called mm -hmm. Flirting. What is it? Well, I have a whole flirting school um, called Flirting Flirt School. Flirt yeah. Harder. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Flirt Harder. Come on. Yeah. And I created like, that really because, yeah. Um, because that for me, like to, to your question about themes and patterns, like one of the biggest, uh, obstacles or stopping points that I noticed, um, that I noticed and people that were coming to me is like, when you know how to flirt, flirting, is just creating a vibe. It's creating attraction. It's the art of creating attraction. So when you know how to do that, so much else in your love life follows. Um, so 
I created that, uh, and I, I have so much teach, so many teachings, and so much content around flirting because um, even with what we were just talking about, of reality is negotiable. Flirting is all about inviting a dynamic to go off script. It's all yes. about um, saying something. You know, it's it's saying something a little bit edgy, holding tension, um, creating tension, and I think it's it's such a fun. Um, skill and it's such a specific dynamic because um, in every other area of life, we are conditioned and taught to dissolve the tension, right? Like something in a meeting yep. starts to get tense. It's like, oh God, resolve, dissolve the tension where it, it can feel counterintuitive and, and um, in flirting and dating of actually like we want to create discomfort. We want to create and hold tension. That's why we call it sexual tension. You um, are so my person. Like <laughs> you are my type of person. I am telling you, like I'm a golden retriever. I walk into a room and I just want to run and jump on everybody's lap and lick their face and see, <laughs> see, see who will scratch me behind the ear. I, I love flirting. So let me ask you, um, because I do take, I think I oh. think the most pertinent question here is oh, how okay. do you flirt? Because I have That's no where I idea going. how to do that. I have app like, yeah. Help us. Give us some pointers. Yeah. Give us a one, two, three, something. Totally. So, uh, kind of in the broadest terms, flirting. It's really, it's really just an energy of play. It's really just bringing playfulness to the dynamic and. Um, the, the way that I describe the energy of flirting is it's, it's kind of this um, tension point, if you will, um, between a challenge and an invitation. So you're, you're kind of challenging someone and inherently when you're inviting someone to go off script, like you're saying some, even saying something like out of the boot, like, I find you really attractive. And like holding that, the awkwardness of that moment, like holding the tension of that, right? Like, that's, That's so beautiful. It's a challenge. <laughs> I love right? it. It's an invitation because there's, you know, there's warmth, there's encouragement. It's also a challenge because it's like, it's so direct that it's like a little bit, what do I do with that? And the challenge is like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> so on the, in the broadest terms, the way that I um, start to initiate people into, into the ways of flirting and, and, Really, I see flirting. I, I love what you said, Bobby, too. Of like, I I see flirting as a lifestyle. It's not just. Uh, it, it's really flirting too. It's just playing with possibility. So when you're flirting with someone, you're just like playing energetically and conversationally with the possibility of what would it be like if we related like this. And you're yeah. seeing you're you're inviting them to relate with you in that way, and you're also kind of challenging them to relate with you in that way. Um, so that's how I describe it. And in the broadest terms is it's, it's bringing, uh, it, it's playing in the realm of possibility with someone and doing so in a way that is simultaneously, uh, challenging and, uh, inviting and holding the tension of that. I love it. Holding the tension. So, um, I'm totally going to put myself on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I make no claim about being um, great at flirting or um, initiating initial contact 
with a woman if it's regardless of location. It could be at the zoo. It could be, you know, at the bar. It could be at church, whatever. But what I've learned um, having been single is, to your point, that I want to be sure that I, whatever I say, especially the first initial words and, and you know, body language, I just want to make sure that whatever the response is, I won't be forgotten. It will be mm. so intriguing and basically stop her so dead in her tracks that 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 moment of tension that lasts five seconds feels much, much longer. I've yeah. actually gotten pretty yeah. good at it. And, I, and you know, I hate to say I that bet. like that because it's a little <laughs> tacky and Own it. maybe sounds Own a little it. arrogant. But when you when you walk through life as for decades like I did mm -hmm. and never had that skill, and then in your 40s, you get cast out into the sea of singles, you learn fast. Or as you say, or you don't you get don't. to play. Yeah, or yeah. you don't. Yeah, I love a few different things you just said. I the word you use intrigue, that's a word I use in my teachings a lot and helping people to understand that like attraction is all about creating intrigue, which is um it, it's about evoking curiosity in what you say. Evo like th this feeling of like tell me more. I want to learn more. That's yes, like indeed. the bread and butter of what actually creates attraction is intrigue. Um, and another thing that came up as I was listening to you is um, something that's really fundamental to uh, my teachings and really like the, the paradigm I invite people into um, with dating and, and relationships is I is embracing awkwardness, <laughs> like just like yeah. letting it be awkward because it because it is sometimes and like <laughs> even what I'm saying with flirting and holding tension, like part of navigating uh dating well and effectively is um allowing things to be uncomfortable uh because that that creates actually like attraction like the state the physiological state of attraction is not particularly comfortable <laughs> like it's like oh i'm like aroused i'm intrigued i like this is uncertain it's it's a feeling of uncertainty um yeah with the desire for to to learn more right and that's the same thing we're talking about the same kind of energetics we're talking about in flirting is this uh going and going off script with someone and and when i say that too i mean that's a that's another way i like to talk about reality being um negotiable is that like there actually is not a script to follow <laughs> and that's when we feel most attracted to each other and when we feel most intrigued is when we feel like a dynamic, we feel alert, we feel engaged because we don't actually know what's going to happen, right? We yeah. someone invites us yes. to interact with yes, us in yes, a way yes. that, that makes us feel alive because it's not routine. Mm -hmm. um, so that really is uh, that's the fun of it, and that's the thing to embrace. And what I love, and what you said too, is it sounds like you're playing a game with yourself of like, okay, how could I say this thing that would create the most intrigue? And that's such a great way to approach um, dating because we can't 
control anyone else. So you might yeah. as well create your own metrics and play your own game and have fun and let that magnetize people. So I've got a scenario. Let's okay. let's let the rubber hit the road here. <laughs> so there is a uh, a gal pal of mine. I know her from the gym. Um, she's, uh, she's a great gal. Uh, she's healthy and she's, uh, attractive and, you know, she's squared away. And there is a guy in the gym. I'm not even really sure I know which one it is, to be honest, but she's really got this, um, infatuation with this guy in the gym. And now she has a stoic personality. She's not, she doesn't have the, you know, uh, extrovert, uh, cheerleader personality. Um, <clears throat> flirting is what I'm trying to say is flirting is probably not something that comes supernatural to her from an initiation standpoint, but she just cannot seem to get this guy's attention. And, and, um, and I said, well, why don't you just initiate? And she's like, I attract. I don't chase, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which, and you know what? I respect that. Yeah. Uh, I have a whole chapter in my book for just for men. Yeah. And it taught, and, and, ta and I talk about the number one responsibility of a man. And I don't care if it's personal, professional, parental, uh, husband, wife, boyfriend, whatever, like number one responsibility to a carnal DNA level is men are responsible for initiating period. Mm -hmm. And I, and I make this whole argument, right? So we mm -hmm. can agree or disagree. Mm -hmm. So, um, but when, when I, I told her, I said, look, here, here's all you got to do. You just walk up to him. I, I'm, I told her, I said, this is the best pickup line of all time. You just walk up to him and you put out your hand and you say, Hey, my name is Beth. What's your name? And you just told your hand right there. Uh -huh. And, and I, Cora, like her chest got all red <laughs> she, like her skin like up her neck that like she was having an anxiety moment just at the very mention that i would say that to her all right so there's a little anecdote here's the question yeah. okay um what do you think of that do, do you like in that instance where you know like for example in a gym you know, the guy walks around with his hoodie on and he's just getting down to business. He's got to be at work at a certain time. Is it okay for a gal who's like really interested just to walk up and say, you know, whatever. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so too. I think so. <laughs> absolutely. And I think what, um, what's important too is that, um, there's all sorts of moves that, that, uh, we can all make. And I think that um, something that, uh, that a lot of women come to believe, um, that I would love to, uh, shift is the, the idea that, um, they don't have it or like their job is just to kind of be passive or to wait for the dude. Um, which is actually very disempowering because it's like, I agree. So what I w want to invite more women into, and I think this, you know, in a, there's different ways to look at it because there's different, you know, personal preferences. And like, I, I think it's great to, I mean, whatever is fine. A, a lot of people, um, I myself, you know, have that preference of like, it's really attractive when a guy's in a directive energy and is initiating. Um, and mm -hmm. what I would want to invite um, women to 
understand and shift into is that you can make moves that are not, um, they're moves, but they're more in the energy of an invitation. So yes. you can make it, that's still a move. That's still you being uh, in your agency, right? And kind of like creating what you want, but you're you're basically clearing the the space for him to step up. And what I would want to invite more women to realize too, is that like, guys, like, they want to know that their move is going to be well received and they're looking for <laughs> evidence and indicators, right? So if you're just like stonewalling them, like they're probably not going to hit on you because like they don't want to embarrass themselves, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's a risk for them too. So um, have you ever heard about uh, how, like this is a good example of this in the in the 1700s, I'm kind of pulling this out of my ass. I don't know if that's exactly when, but- um, Go for it, go for it. <laughs> So basically, um, women used to, uh, they'd walk by a guy they were interested in and they would drop their handkerchief intentionally. <laughs> the so old, that like- The old bend and snap. The old bend and snap, exactly. <laughs> so so that's kind of an example. And there's, there's all kinds of ways to do this. But if you're a woman who is, you know, wanting to attract a guy in his, who's in his kind of initiating- uh, directive energy. There are ways that you get to participate in that dynamic where you're like clearing the path and you're creating, you're actually creating opportunity and invitation for him to step up and do that. So yes. you're also participating and guys need that encouragement because like they're human beings, <laughs> they're human mm -hmm. beings and um, y'all are human beings. Um, we're all human beings. And um they want to know, men want to know that if they're going to make a move, they're looking for evidence, at least some evidence, and there is always risk involved. Um, and that's part of embracing the awkwardness and just embracing the, the real life element of it. But they want to know, they want to have some evidence that their move may well received. So yes. what women get to play in is like how to make moves in a way that your move is actually kind of an invitation. So when I was so dating, I want to I want to repeat something that yeah. you said that I've never heard before. And it's a nugget. Um, there's been a lot of talk in, 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 on this show with many guests that we've had now about feminine versus masculine energy, uh, men who have feminine women who have masculine and each and their own genders and whatever. But you said something that I feel takes those things and, neutralizes it yes it, it, yes it pours the alkaline on the water so that it just neutralizes and here's what you said and i and i want everybody to hear this but you said it as it directed by women uh, or directed towards women you said it allows you to stay in your agency mm -hmm. and that's really smart mm. because if what it what it said the way i interpret it is it says to a woman Absolutely. You can be a woman and you can be feminine and, and, and whatever your femininity is to you. Maybe you are stoic or, or whatever, but you can be within your agency and still drop the hanky yeah. and be 100% an empowered woman. And I yeah. thought that was spectacular. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and really what, um, what I, the language that I like to use with my clients uh, is directive and receptive energies. So 
we all are able to do, right? We all get to access the full spectrum of these agencies in ourselves. And what, what creates attraction uh, specifically in a, in a heterodynamic is polarity. It's someone being in a directive energy. And when I say directive, it's kind of like assertive, directive, right? Um, making the move and the initiation, right? And then someone is in the receptive energy, which is the, what, you know, we could understand as the feminine energy. Um, and what, to your point, what I um, want to remind women of is that uh, receivership is an active thing. It's so like, if someone, if Bobby, I gave you an, a compliment, for example, right? And like you receiving that, it, it, there's an active receivership and being and like really allowing that to land and being like, thank you, <laughs> right? Like there's there's agency in being in this receiving energy and there's participation in being in this receiving energy. Um, so I think that you know we we've been so conditioned to understand it or um, I I just see a lot of women misunderstanding this of like that being in a feminine energy is as uh, is passive when it's not it's it's participatory um it's a it's participating in active receivership and the, this energy of uh inviting right yeah you are right i love it i feel like we're we're you like you're the 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 feminine version of like if i if my book had been written by a woman it would have been you <laughs> Thank you. Sorry I actively receive that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, and I don't I don't Thank mean you. like I'm not even trying to be complimentary. It just we we have a very similar wavelength and I think that's cool. Yeah. Ian yeah, his so, yeah, has a quick follow-up. So I'm someone who is engaged and basically getting married in less than 6 months and it's first of all it's a miracle that I even got this far having no clue how to date or anything like that. But what is the difference between flirting and a, for a single person and a person in a relationship? Like, how do you keep that, that flirting energy going? Cause a lot of, so a lot of our audience is single in a relationship or, but all of them desire to be in a relationship of some kind. Um, yeah. So when they finally find that relationship, how do they continue that flirting and, and continue that energy into their relationship? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, it's really about uh, understanding attraction and um, emphasizing attraction. So understanding that um, attraction, there's there's so many elements to it, but but really we are attracted to each other when we um, when we see each other doing shit we're good at, right? When, when we see someone in their aliveness, right? We see them on fire with someone. We see them in their zone of genius. Um, and when we feel attraction really lives in how we're different. So um, Esther Perel, who's a, a psychotherapist, talks about this in, in different ways in her, uh, her book, Mating in Captivity, which is really good. But um, this was the foundation of, of me coming to understand this. Um, I also have a, a teacher who refers to it as uh, merging and individuation, kind of this, this dynamic we do in relationships and both are really essential to the health of the relationship where like there's the merging, there's the, the togetherness, there's the, the commonality, the ways that we're the same. 
and there's also the individuation. There's like the the space that we need ourselves. There's uh, the ways that we're different. And and as I said, a lot of attraction exists in this in the energy of polarity, and a lot of a lot of traction attraction exists in um, our individuality and how we're different and how we contrast each other. So in terms of long term relationships, I think that. Um, it, it can be easy to just slide into the merging all the time of like, oh, we're the same. We're doing all this stuff together, right? We're, um, you know, brushing our teeth together. And, and what's really um, invites in uh, the, the attraction is, is knowing that the ways that you are um, different and the ways that you're kind of like marveling and mystery of each other and that intrigue that is created by the individuation is what keeps the attraction alive. So it's really, um, in, in putting this into practice, it's um, knowing that and feeling, when you feel moments of attraction, like saying it, right? Like feeding that energy I love consciously, that. right? Drawing attention yeah. to it, allowing the sexual energy to be present all the time, <laughs> or, you know, not, 24 seven necessarily, but extending far outside of a sexual context and really like calling attention to it when they say, you know, it's, it's like, that was hot when you were, you know, uh, rocking that meeting. I heard you in the other room, like expressing <laughs> that attraction. And like that attraction is often born of like seeing, seeing your partner in, uh, in like alive in their individuality. Um, so just highlighting that and then always prioritizing, um, of course, the merging, the togetherness, but also knowing that the individuation is, um, it's essential to the merging. <laughs> so yeah. we come together and we merge and we enjoy it so much. And like Esther Perel talks about how, you know, in order for there to be desire, there has to be some sense of distance sometimes. Yeah. Um, and some sense of difference. So... Um, I, I mean, I wrote a book on dating and I have one chapter in my book specifically for married people. I was married for almost two decades and, uh, I believe that, um, if a married couple, whether they've been married for six weeks, six years, 60 years, doesn't matter. Uh, they should continue to date because I hear, and I'm sure you do too, about, um, especially during early childhood years when, when you're having your kids, if that's what a uh, couple is doing, um, it can be very taxing and very time consuming. Um, and I think it's in those years, especially that just dating your spouse with intention, uh, with design and purpose you know, not just saying, Hey, you want to go grab a burger tonight, but, but actually, you know, saying, Hey babe, um, like on Monday morning saying, Hey, I had a great weekend. Um, by the way, I've made uh, table reservations for us, uh, seven o'clock this Friday. So, uh, we have that to look forward to all week. See what I mean? Just being really intentional. Absolutely. And yeah. I believe, um, actually I believe passionately that when a marriage uh, exhibits those habits and, um, and, they're, and they're from a place of very genuineness, like, like 
I freaking love my wife and she's hot and I'm still, I'm going to date her as I don't care how long we've been married. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So yeah. the, the tension's still there. The, the sexiness is still there. Right. Um, I think that that one act alone, you know, it, despite any other acts, but that one act alone can stave off major marriage problems. 100%. Yeah. One hundred percent, and I love what you said. I, I um just date um, your girl. Yeah, date love your girl. Her. Take and that romance, sexy ass out. Yeah, know? exactly. And romance can take many forms, but you really well. Really, what it is is it's it's bringing intentionality and um the ceremony of gesture to the relationship, and and just like the amplification of of specialness in your experiences. So like having you know a special dinner or like. It doesn't even have to be how we think that, oh, romance means going out to dinner. Like we all love going out to dinner. That's great, right? Yeah. But it, it's really about um, the intention of creating special experiences and making gestures and creating um, ceremony that uh, that's specific, that's thoughtful and specific and based yes. on what you know the other person loves so that they get to feel, oh, this person knows me, they see me. Um, and I always laugh at my clients, like uh, uh, one of my male clients one time was, we were talking about this concept and he was like, well, I don't, I just feel like, um, you know, some of the things that are like romantic things just don't feel genuine to me, like giving flowers. And, um, and I was saying, you know, that's totally okay. Like the, it's not actually about the flowers. It's about the intention and the thoughtfulness and the gesture. Yeah. And I, I was dating this guy once who, um, and I gave this example to that client where I was like, one time I had this guy show up to a date with me uh, with a plastic lobster that he brought from the gas station. <laughs> and like that had the same effect because it was, I have a lobster tattoo on my back. I, I love, I have a thing about lobsters. So it was thoughtful. It was specific to me. It was a gesture and a symbol that showed me that like he wanted to delight me and that he was thinking about me when we weren't together. So like, it doesn't matter if it's flowers or a plastic lobster. It's really about the intention and the gesture of it. All right. Hold on now. Lobster girl. <laughs> Where? I mean, let's let you're in Seattle. So when yeah. you say you like lobster, you're not messing around. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm where not. do you, where do you go? Well, sidebar, sidebar. Let's yeah, do this. Sidebar. Actually, this is connected because, um, I, uh, my favorite, one of my absolute favorite things above lobsters is oysters. O like I, I'm a fiend <gasps> me for too. oysters. Yeah. Totally me too. Favorite yeah. seafood. Same favorite seafood. Uh, hands absolute down. Hands favorite. down. Loves oysters. And, and that is something that my boyfriend often does for me is takes me out to oysters. Cause like 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to be stoked that we're having oysters. So, so it's, wait, really it's, it's a place called oysters. <laughs> oh, um, no, there is a place called. No, I'm, I'm looking for a place to go in Seattle. Hook me in up. In Seattle? There. Okay. There's a place called Taylor Shellfish Farms, Taylor which Shellfish. is actually, right. um, it's about an hour and a half out of the city and it's on the water and it's a shellfish farm where you can shuck your own oysters. So that's what I would recommend. Good. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that I totally derailed this, Ian, give us something. You got anything? No, I was hoping you would. <laughs> okay, so I, I kind of do have something. Um, tell us about, um, it, not flirt harder, but the other one. 
Magnetics Love School or Loving yes. Men. Ma okay, oh, Magnetics Loving Love Men. School. Loving mm -hmm. Men. Oh yes, my so, gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Tell Loving it. Men is a program um, that I created with one of my uh, collaborators. Her name is Kat Munoz. Um, and it's a program for women to better understand men and how, um, how to communicate with men in a way that's effective and actually how to express love and um, affection towards men in a, no, in a way that um, they know to receive. Because what, what I see and why we created this program is I see a lot of men trying to interact with women as men and women trying to interact and connect with men in the way that they would with women. Because that's the way we know how to connect, right? Is the way that we know to receive that. So the whole program is um, inviting women to uh, understand men on all of the levels and um, teaching them how to communicate in a way that creates and opens up um, more connection and attraction. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a book title and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Five love languages. I like it. <laughs> That's the first okay. thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And I think that there's, um, there's a lot more than five, but the, the reason why that concept is really good, um, uh, is because it, it gets it on the radar that, there's different ways that all of us value gesture, like speaking of gesture as we're, as we're talking about, um, there's so many ways where like one person who, you know, we often express affection and the ways that we would want to receive it. And I, what I really um, think is important and why that, that book is important is because, um, it invites us to understand that um, the way that they know to receive and like can even register affection might be really different <laughs> than how yeah. we do. And so, we can learn it. We can learn what other people like. Yeah, absolutely. I think the five love languages are just as applicable on a professional level. And, and, and with your, uh, let's just say relationships outside of any intimate relationship, I think it's, there's just as much value there. So you said, um, you, you peaked me there. What you said, there's more than five, uh, entertain mm -hmm. us with one or two. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I believe absolutely. You. Well, I think that, uh, I could kind of spitball on this. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's do it together because I I, okay. I think that I think some of the love languages themselves can be broken down broken down right. as well, and right. I believe that there are people that regardless of what their love language is, you know whether it's uh, physical touch, quality time, uh, the gifts, acts of service, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. I think that there are sex languages. As well 100 yeah have you ever yeah. heard of um the erotic blueprint <gasps> i have yes yeah. it's pretty Hold good on. framework who okay where did i learn that from um it, it hit, hit it yeah so i'm not an expert in the erotic blueprint but my understanding of it just kind of um 
in a basic sense is uh, I'm similar to the five love languages. It's different ways. It's it's like physical languages that we resonate or and there's a uh, kinky, energetic. Um, yeah. Sexual, sensual. So, for example, you know, some people sexually in a sexual context, like really get turned on by like um, sensory light touch, like the whole vibe that's created, the sense, the like, you know, the lingerie, the sensory experience of it. Um, yeah. Whereas other people who are more in the the sexual blueprint, it's it's more about like the carnal act, right? It's like oh, less yeah. about the ambiance. So. So it's really a helpful framework in just kind of identifying and understanding more about what turns you on in a way that you can communicate and relay and speak to that. And then also bringing curiosity to, you know, different strokes for different folks to speak figuratively. Right but, um... on. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to help our audience out here a little bit. Here we go. Uh, the sensual type, someone who's turned on by all their senses. Obviously, these are going to be very, very paraphrased. The energetic type, someone who is turned on by anticipation, mm -hmm. space, tease, longing, yearning. The, sexu the sexual type, someone who is turned on by what we think of as, as sex in our culture. Mm -hmm. So like just good old Penetration, sex. yep. There you go, thank you. <laughs> I, was try I was trying to be a dude. I should have just said it, yep, the good stuff. Okay, the kinky type is someone who's turned on by the taboo. Mm -hmm. um, oh, the shapeshifter mm -hmm. is someone who's turned on by everything that the sensual, sexual, kinky, energetic. So they're they're just like yeah. double down on everything. They do it all. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a great topic. I, um, I, we won't go into too much of it here, but I hope our audience will uh, Google that. And yeah, um, yeah, you can take a quiz online. Look. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And, and to answer your question from before of, um, uh, you know, different love languages and just kind of breaking it down from those five, I think that um, for me, I know that novel experience is a love language, like the heightened emotion of, of experiencing something for the first time with someone or um, mm -hmm. that is really connective for me. And that I guess we could categorize that under um, quality time, but I feel like it's its own thing. Just just things like that that um, that exist outside of those five. It's really about bringing curiosity with yourself of like when what are the circumstances and ingredients that create heightened connection and attraction for you um, and bringing awareness to that so that you can recreate it and let someone know how to do that for you. Yeah. OK, so I am. uh so I, I do a little bit of relationship coaching myself and I'm going to run a philosophy by you. And, um, it, and, and if you disagree with me hundred percent or 50%, by all means, let me have it. Cause I'm genuinely <laughs> interested in your, your experience and, and your own personal thoughts. And, and, and if you agree with me, then great. We'll talk about it. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed, um, and it's kind of, you know, we're almost coming full circle here that I've noticed with men and women, and I'm, I'm especially talking about men, um, and even myself before I, I sort of learned this along the way, I was like totally victim, victim of this same problem. And here it is. People tend to get 
overly wrapped up and what the outcome mm -hmm. is going to be. I'm going to talk to this girl. <gasps> yes. But what's the outcome? Yeah. Um, I have a first date and it seemed to go okay, but now how do I find out if it went okay? Right. Outcome, 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 outcome. And so here's mm -hmm. what I tell people. Forget about the outcome. Just right. Reality is negotiable. Oh, I love it. I'm going to be like for a week now. I'm going <laughs> to use it like 10 times a day. Reality is negotiable. Cora Boyd. Um, just commit to the action, the mm -hmm. gesture, the communication. Um, commit to the process. Yes. And detach completely from the outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Guess what? I totally agree with you. <laughs> All right, I cool. totally agree. And cool, that is cool, something cool. that I, I teach as well. It's like, it's really, um, it's really shifting the commitment from the commitment to outcome to the commitment to yourself and the commitment to showing up in, in accordance and integrity with what you want to create, what you want to create with someone. And ultimately, um, it's it's reconceiving what it means to be good at dating as like it's not about getting ev any everyone to like you it's actually about um learning to uh to show up and as an amplified version of yourself so that you can um redirect the wrong people like that's part of the skill of dating is the discernment and the redirection which is i i use that word instead of rejection because i think that word terrifies so many people um it's just redirection it's just information of like okay not there um but that that completely completely shifts the experience and ultimately i mean relationships are um they exist in a qualitative realm. It's not. Uh, it's not the same paradigm as uh, like quantitative met metrics or um, check boxes. It's much about our qualitative experience, and it's. It, I feel like what um, you know, even later on in relationships, when we're coming from this mindset of of outcome, it sets us up for disappointment because then, okay, we get the outcome we want. We're in the relationship. Then what? It's actually the quality of the relationship is in that word quality. It's about the qualitative experience and going on dates too. It's not about, um, it's not even about saying the right things. It's not about any of that. It's about someone's qualitative experience and your presence. And so much of uh, what enhances the quality of our experience in interacting with someone is when they're enjoying themselves which comes from, um, you know, we're magnetized to that energy, someone enjoying themselves. And that comes from yes, their, they're playing their own game with themselves, right? Like they have, and I, even what you were saying of like the going to the zoo or wherever it might be. And I also loved the visual of you just hanging out at the zoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> I took a little bookmark note and I was like, great, love it. Love it. I hope you actually do that. Um, hey baby, what do you think of the sea lions? What do you think of these monkeys? They just monkey around. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of other cheesy crap I could probably come up with. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. But really what we're talking about here is, and, you know, I teach a lot about magnetism and, and what magnetism is. And, and that's really um, what attracts people to us. It's where magnetism exists in the energy of um, desire, not in the energy of need. And when we're really attached to the outcome, we're kind of trying to control what happens or control yes. how someone perceives us 
it, it kills our magnetism because I what agree. really magnetizes people to us is not not that they need anything from or that we need anything from them that actually repels right the needy energy repels so it's really about yep. connecting back to yourself and connecting to um your the qualitative experience and um how are you showing up for this process in a way that's empowered and a way that um you're enjoying you're enjoying the process because that's why we want to spend time with anyone because we enjoy being around them and yeah. so much of of why we enjoy being around someone is is one they're they're enjoying themselves they're not like needing something from us and also that they make us feel good that's another big piece of magnetism is it's how how someone else feels about themselves in your presence how are you able to see them and perceive them and um share you know put them in the spotlight too and make them feel special yeah yeah exactly awesome so uh cora you were on a pretty big uh youtube channel uh called cut and then you basically had to match people based on you know if they were dating and you know you've been a matchmaker so what are some things that you generally look at uh or some cues that people might be attracted to each other some cues that people are in a relationship what are what are some of those things you initially look at yeah so when i did that video um really a lot of it uh a lot of it was like reading their energy and, and that's, that's things that are visible. It's also kind of like things that are just like minutely that were minutely perceptible to me of like how um, just doing what I do and, and kind of the experience that I've had uh, getting a good read, getting a good read on people's energies and like seeing, okay, how does this person dress? What can I infer about this person? Like very quickly, just kind of putting these things together of like, okay, what do I infer about this person and what they value based on how they're choosing to present themselves and what might they, because of that, like what might they value in another person? So um, a lot of visual indicators, a lot of um, the energy that I saw between them <laughs> of like how I, like was I seeing attraction in their interactions with each other? Um, and then I, Honestly, just like the intuitive read of all of that um, is what, what I was looking for when I when I did that video. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of it it's it's uh, just kind of scanning scanning and processing a lot of like energetic and visual um, indicators uh, that, and then just making a call. <laughs> yeah. So. And along those lines, so for our audience, like what's something that they can take away from that or the experience that you learned that how do I, how might I sit here and say, oh, this person's into me or how do I know that I'm into that person or uh, how, how, do, how do they just even begin reading a situation yeah. like that to be able to apply that to, to their dating life? Yeah, absolutely. So that's another big theme that I notice and kind of something that uh, really helps people step into more confidence in dating is when they learn to read feedback, read feedback from other people. And I have a whole module on that um, in Flirt Harder because um, I, I have really noticed that that, you know, when when you're not confident and can I can I read this feedback from someone, you're not you're not sure what indications to to look for that they might be interested in. Um, 
it can feel like a shot in the dark. And what I what I want people to um, remember is that I call them with my clients micro risks, and I guess sometimes they're bigger macro risks. But risk is part of dating, like that that uncertainty and flirting, like of not fully knowing, like are they into me, right? And flirting in itself being an exploration of that possibility. Um, so first embracing the uncertainty and knowing that actually you, you're not going to know for sure. And just continuing to, um, put forth the interest or express the interest or like put forth feelers where those feelers are, you're putting them out with the, in you know, with the intention to express interest. So they're registering that you're, um, they're, you're interested and then from that, they can give you feedback that they're interested, but it's really watching how someone is engaging with you. So are they, are they engaged? Are they present? Are they, is their body language facing you? Are they, you know, looking over their shoulders or, you know, it's, it's looking for indications that there's, there's engagement, there's intrigue and there's interest. So really just looking at, okay, how do people behave when they're interested? They're, they're present, they're focused. They're, um, you know, they're making eye contact, their body is facing your, they're, they're picking up what you're putting down, right? They're, if you say something flirtatious, they are um, holding the tension of that, holding the energy of that with you and ideally serving it back to you. So a lot of how we read the feedback is that we give feedback and we see how we observe how someone else engages with that. And, and that does take risk. It takes vulnerability to, to put something forward because I, the way that I think of it is like sometimes in a dating dynamic, it can be like four, you know, people at a, uh, a four-way stop waiting the other person to uh, go <laughs> and no one's doing anything. It's a, a similar thing in dating where- um, That's a great analogy. Thank you. Thank you. Next, I actually, I'm going to uh, use that. I'm stealing that. That's good. good. I think it was actually a, uh, I, I'm a former, I'm a natural blonde. I'm a former uh, blonde. <laughs> and I actually think it's a dumb blonde joke <laughs> of four blondes at a four-way stop. That's where I got that from. Um, <laughs> and no one's doing anything. So, um, That's awesome. But it, it's really like putting forward that, okay, like they might be doing the same thing where they're waiting for feedback from you before they feel safe to express. And so a great way to gauge interest is to show interest and to see how they engage with it. Oh, wow. We, we need to go to that, uh, that, that seafood place and, and shuck some, some oysters and have about a, another four hour conversation just like this one. Um, body language. Oh my gosh. What a huge topic. Um, talking about, um, the four way, like yeah. when there's, so I, I actually have this thing in my book where I, I actually say when, listen, everybody's going to have a moment of silence. There's going to be that awkward moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in, in the sales world, I actually coach people that whoever talks first in that moment loses. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hold the tension. That, yeah. Right. That, now that's in sales. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily uh, say that in uh, in the world of dating and relationships, especially in dating. Um, however, what I do say is that moment is precious. Mm. That moment is valuable mm-hmm. um, because it's fun to see and experience what that moment well first of all how long does it last because i can let i can let an awkward or silent moment i'll never be the first one (laughs) i'll never be the first one to talk because that that moment of uncertainty Mm -hmm. and tension like oh that's like swimming in shark infested waters with no cage and you're wearing a chum swimsuit. And I love it. <laughs> I lo- like, I live for those moments. I love them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, Hey, look, I know we're getting kind of long here. We could talk all day. I want to say thank you for coming today. You are, and I want to tell our audience to definitely reach out to you. Um, what's your favorite social media platform for people to follow you? Is it Instagram? Uh, Instagram for sure. And I'm at the T H E Cora Boyd. Okay, cool. And then, um, at your website, uh, one more time, Cora Boyd coaching.com. Okay. Well, I've had an absolutely wonderful time. Thank you so much for being, uh, our guest today. Um, I'm going to continue to listen to some of your, cause I was on like your very first show that I watched on or listened to on Spotify. And I picked up that reality is negotiable and it just, it has stuck with me for like the last day. And I've just been waiting to talk to you about it. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. My, I had a great qualitative experience here. (laughs) (laughs) And I want you to know, I received that. (laughs) (laughs) Touchdown.